Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. Well, okay, Mr. Davis, welcome back to Tech Gumbo. Thank you. It's been a little while. I've been traveling the Korean Peninsula, and so if the sound is still a little warbly, I'm still here in Korea, but we want to try and get an episode out while while we're here. So. so just real quick, tell everybody what you are doing in Korea. I am participating in an NSF fellowship. Uh, I studied for the past month uh, at a Korean university with some of their top researchers uh, focusing on AI simulations and transportation. Very cool. Very cool. Excited for you. All right. So now that you're back, let's jump in, do a little tech gumbo for the day. I would love that. Well, there's kind of only one thing that the world is talking about right now, and that is Twitter or what was Twitter? Yes. We, you know, we, we had took a couple uh episode break from it and this one really just we couldn't skip this this is too big it's too dumb it it i I have too many opinions on it i i've loved twitter i started twitter in 2008 and have loved it ever since and to see it just self-implode is just frustrating Yes, to, to to watch it be unwound in front of us is for for no good reason. But but let's let's stay on track here. Let's let's not just go full. Let's let's start off with the actual specific yes. news stories. Yeah, the first one is that Twitter has decided they're going to start sharing some ad revenue with some of the creators. This is on its face a, a very good idea. There are some hoops you have to jump through first. You have to be subscribed to Twitter Blue or be a verified organization. You have to have at least five million impressions a month. And you have to pass a human standards review. So I guess they have stood up some sort of internal team that will verify all of this. But it means that ultimately, Elon Musk, at the end of the day, gets to decide 
who will be paid and who will not be paid. It's not all just objective markers. Yeah, this, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to pull this off with the the few people they have still left working for Twitter. I mean, they're, Musk is still Musk proud of the fact they eliminated 85% of the staff that once worked at Twitter. And the few people that they've got that are still just trying to keep the network online, they don't have time to look at content creators, do they? And also, if you're a platform which is bleeding cash, you know, do you really have this much money to spend to share with these people? I, I don't know what the exact percentages is, what the exact breakdowns are, but ideally behind this move is you're going to attract more people to come create content on your platform. But I don't think you're going to draw a whole lot of new people to Twitter with this. And so this just seems like at a point in time, whenever you are already having the bottom fall out, that you just open the trap door a little wider for yourself. In the middle of July, Musk actually put out a tweet that there was a 50% drop in advertising revenue based compared to this time last year. So when your ad revenue is already off 50%, and that's if it's only 50%, what are you doing? Yeah, that's tough because one of the ideas was that this Twitter Blue subscription service would be a new revenue stream and, you know, that would be some way that Twitter could make enough money because I, I don't think that the original platform was profitable. I think they were losing money, but just at a sustainable pace. And so but the problem is that Twitter Blue has not produced anywhere near the revenue that it needed to. And so you now you are spending a lot less money on your human capital because you axed five-sixths of it. And so maybe you limp along a little further, but there's been a lot of stories that they're not paying rent at the quarters, that they're not paying the janitorial staff, that they're just not paying a lot of bills. And so... Yeah, this is tough because nothing about what we're going to talk about for the rest of this segment leads me to believe that advertisers are racing back to the platform. No, when Google cut them off because they weren't paying Google, Microsoft has, you know, at times threatened because they weren't paying Microsoft for the license that they had. And, and now Elon Musk is with the X platform. They're going to cut advertisers' prices to try and bring people back to advertising. So your revenue was already off 50%, and now you're going to cut the rate of advertising, and you think people are going to come back to your platform because it's less expensive to buy an ad when they're purposefully staying away from your platform, not because of the price, but because of what's going on with your platform? I just I don't see this as a good move. I think you're exactly right, that people are staying away because they're worried that the damage that their brand would suffer is in the millions or billions of dollars, not that the cost of this ad is in the thousands of dollars. There are multiple zeros on the order of magnitude difference between these level of decisions. And yeah, and reducing your revenue even further by cutting the ad costs you're what are you doing here well when you consider that at its 
peak, Twitter had 350 million users. Now, roughly 10 to 20% of that were bots. And Musk has said he has eliminated as many of the bots as he can. Okay, that's great. He's also estimated they're down to 225 million users. So you've lost 125 million people or bots that used to look at Twitter. And I'm, I'm someone who is not going back to Twitter anymore. I don't spend the time on Twitter I used to do. It's also important to be skeptical of Musk's claim that he has reduced bots dramatically. If you go over to your you know, messages from Twitter, you can see message requests and then you show all the ones that are blocked. I have dozens of very obvious spam posts that are not sending me ad-friendly content. Let's just put it that way. But Twitter's just done a good job of hiding those people from normal view. So there's still very clearly a bot problem. They're still sending all those things that would tank a brand's reputation, but you've just put an extra layer in between me and them. And so maybe I'm not seeing them, but they still exist on your platform. You haven't fixed the problem. You've just thrown a little dirt on top of it. And so... We, again, we just have to be skeptical of the things that Musk is saying about his own platform. Well, his fix was just to go out there and change the name. Just blow up Twitter, remove the little blue bird, the logo, the icon that it is, get rid of that and go to X. And now you're Xing, you're not tweeting Everything that well, they, you've spent... You're not Xing, you're just posting. You're posting everything that's been building and building for the almost 20 years that Twitter's been around, and you've just flushed it down the toilet. I think that's the most baffling thing, is that whenever Musk bought it for $44 billion, he already overpaid for it. Then, recently... The valuation has come in at about $20 billion. So he'd already cut the brand value in half. Then whenever you start to look at what's left, a lot of it was just the concept, the brand, the fact that the words tweet and retweet exist in the dictionary. You don't Facebook to Facebook. You don't, you post to YouTube, you post to TikTok. You tweeted on Twitter. The fact that they had that unique identity, that's a large portion of your remaining $20 billion, and you just voluntarily gave it up? I do not understand. This goes back 20-plus years. Elon Musk has loved X. He named one of his kids X, and... He had X.com when he was at PayPal, and he wanted to change the name of PayPal to X.com. And the board, rightfully so, said no to that. And after several agreements and, and when PayPal got bought off on his way out the door, he's like, hey, can I take the X.com with me? And they were like, please, we don't want that associated with PayPal because we don't want to be associated with what is considered porn because anything X has a porn connotation to it. And so you're now telling me 
you've changed Twitter to give it a con the same content or context of a porn site? To be fair, I will say that in computers, X does have one other connotation, and it's to X out of something. That's the button that I press whenever I'm done with whatever it is that I'm currently doing. I X out of it. And that's just where we are with Twitter, is that I'm done with it. I'm done with Elon Musk. This this was a platform that I spent too much time on, and but I was invested in it. I, I liked it. It performed the function. It got verified news out immediately in terms of you know, the subway systems, the weather systems, journalists all over the world could be verified and talk about things that they were experts in. And you've flushed all that down the toilet. And now the only thing there is people getting mad at each other. And it no longer has any value. And it's much easier to just, for me, to be done with it. One of the things that I'm going to miss the most is the live tweeting of sporting events, which is the number one traffic driver on what was Twitter, was live tweeting sporting events. And whether it was an LSU football game or an LSU baseball game or the World Series or the Super Bowl or the NFL playoffs, people live tweeted games. Well, that's gone. And so, yes, Elon Musk has just given me back a whole lot of time that I used to spend watching TweetDeck as the tweets rolled on by. But I can't use TweetDeck anymore because I'm not going to drop eight bucks a month for a verified Twitter account. I would be embarrassed to have that. I mean, that's the negative connotation of having that blue check mark. It's embarrassing now. I think that's another one of the fascinating things is that blue check marks used to be some sort of verification system that this was a person who you know they were a, a journalist or they were famous in some way but it was as i understand it this was viewed negatively but they weren't gatekeeping it behind a paywall it, it was just a we have to have some way to make sure that you are who you say you are and that was what they did that's what that was and now all of a sudden it goes from something where it used to be, at least whenever I was like viewing blue check posts, I knew that person had been vetted in some way. And now I'm like, oh, I just, I don't like the things that those people are saying. They're kind of, they're, they're farther out there than I am. And so, yeah, it's, it's just another thing that you've intentionally destroyed that had brand value. What's really fascinating is that Elon Musk wants to build this super app, this everything app, this, it's a social media platform, this platform that has a marketplace in it, this platform that has video content in it, this, this it has a messenger app in it. And we already had that. It's called Facebook with Facebook Messenger and Facebook Marketplace and Facebook and, and why can you reinvent something that's been out there for a long time that has two billion people using it? And I don't use a lot of those other features. I would never put money into Facebook. I don't trust Facebook with my money. I don't I don't interact with a lot of the features on Facebook anymore. That platform to me is just dying. 
And if you want me to put money into your platform, if you want me to put more data, to use more of your features of your super platform, you need me to trust it. You need user trust and user investment and user buy-in. And nothing Musk has done has shown that he gets that. That just because you build all the features, that doesn't mean that I want to use them, that I'm comfortable using them. So the question has to be asked. You spent $44 billion buying Twitter, but you don't like the name. You spent $44 billion to buy Twitter, but you don't like the code. You spent $44 billion to buy Twitter, but you don't like the logo. You spent $44 billion to buy something that you didn't want 80% of the people that are working there. You spent $44 billion to buy something that you hate. Why, why spend that money? Why not just spend $10 billion and build something from scratch? Yeah, that's... Whenever you you don't like the users, you don't like the coders, you don't like the code, you don't like the brand, there's not much left of a social media platform after that. It's the whole thing is just frustrating. And it, it has been from the very start. It has been bad and it has been dumb. And that's where we are. And it's another point that we wanted to make was that Twitter becoming X is different than Google and Alphabet. It's different than Meta and Facebook. Facebook still exists. Google still exists. They just created umbrella companies to hold all the other different things. Twitter is going away. X will be will simply replace Twitter in a way that Meta will never replace Facebook. The fact that they went out and ripped the name Twitter off of the building is, I mean, that's how gone the name Twitter is. Yes, Twitter.com still is a thing because that's where everyone wants to go still. But how long before when you type in Twitter.com do you wind up going to X.com? And that's when it's really going to, I think, go away. It's it all is just I, I just don't understand why you would do this. As you said, what did you buy for what purpose? Is it just simply because you, you wanted to? Was it just uh, you had to you had to tear it apart? You had to destroy it. It just it makes me sad. It really does. I mean, and. So there's a New York Times reporter, Walter Isaacson. He's been writing this book about Elon Musk, and it's the book is coming out in sometime in September. But he has spent a lot of time with Elon Musk, and he's supposedly in this book, we're going to find out a lot of detail of what he was thinking, why he was so obsessed with killing the bird logo since day one of, of walking in there. And... I mean, the fact that even the conference rooms were named Aviary and Turn and Bluebird and Canary and Mallard. And he hated all of that. If you hated all of that, why bother with it? Why not just go, oh, because it's not easy to do a a from the ground up social media platform. Look, ask Truth Social how well it's going for them. 
ask some of these other blue skies and, and mastodons, how well is it to just create a social media platform like a Twitter that could compete with Twitter? It's not that easy. I, I think there are a lot of things that the other ones either are trying to do differently, they aren't trying to compete in the same spaces. Same spaces. I think that it's, it is very hard to build a working, functioning social media platform, but it's also hard to run a working, functioning social media platform. But that's what we said a year ago, was that Elon Musk came in and he championed himself as this master of free speech. But the reason why Twitter made a lot of its decisions isn't that it was out there trying to fight some ideological battle. It was that it was making a lot of very tough choices that a social media platform is largely a thankless job because you have a lot of different people all competing at the same time who want very different things from you. And it means that you're likely just going to make a lot of people very angry and that it's tough to find the good choices and the good compromises and it's very easy to find the bad ones. And that's what this has been, is he's just found a lot of bad choices here. And a lot of people say, well, he did such a good job with SpaceX and such a good job with Tesla. Those two companies are all about engineering and physics. Twitter slash social media, X, whatever, is emotion. It's emotion-driven. It's And there's no physics. There's no engineering. It's what inspires you to do something what what motivates you to click on something and and that's what what this is and and it's just a bad play for for elon musk i agree i think it's from how much he posts he wants to be liked this is very much something where he wants to be the main character he likes being the main character and that's just a tough place to be. I don't want to be the main character. I don't want that much attention on me. And I think that we're seeing why having a spotlight this bright shown on anyone is tough. And that's probably the last of we're going to talk about Twitter for quite some time. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com.
If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.